Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Now, live and direct from the press box at Old Comiskey Park, it's time for when football was football. Let's join your host, Joe Ziemba, with another forgotten tale from Chicago's pro football history. Let's go! Every so often, we encounter a football story that just screams to be shared. In this episode of When Football Was Football, we'll actually discuss a kicker who, believe it or not, regularly boomed 100-yard punts in practice. Sometimes, there are true stories that just cannot be made up. Such was the case of punter Harry Gall, whose startling backstory includes the previously mentioned punting skills but also a Hall of Fame collegiate football career at a major football university. That type of accomplishment is not necessarily unusual in pro football circles, where only the best of the best from the college ranks make it with the NFL big boys. However, and get this, the spectacular college career for Harry Gall began after his professional time with the Cardinals. Let's begin this unique story of Mr. Gall, who was born on June 4th, 1921. In late summer of 1944, the rumors regarding the kicking skills of Mr. Gall reached the Chicago Cardinals, who were preparing for an unusual season, to say the least. During World War II, the NFL managed to stay in operation, but that proposition was certainly touch and go, and a lack of players forced Philadelphia and Pittsburgh to merge for the 1943 season when they were known as the Steagles, while the Cardinals and the Steelers did the same in 1944 as the Card Pits. With so many players off to the war effort, teams scrambled for any available talented gritters. Since the Cardinals needed both a fullback and a punter, Gall was plucked from the New Jersey semi-pro ranks and quickly joined the Cards at the team's training camp with the New Steelers in Waukesha, Wisconsin in August of 1944. As individuals from both the Cardinals and the Steelers joined together for what everyone hoped would be a successful season for the newly christened Card Pits, the mammoth punts of Harry Gall quickly became a hot topic at the camp. The Philadelphia Inquirer described the amazing kicks placed in orbit by Gall Vusley. High, wide, and handsome, Gall's punts have been sailing 60, 65, and 70 yards downfield over the heads of weary and distracted safety players. But Gall told the Inquirer that he was not happy with his efforts and surprisingly apologized for the results, saying, I can't understand it. I'm simply not getting any distance out of my kicks this year. And this was after he had just got off an 80-yard punt in practice. If one had not witnessed the punting ability of Gall before the start of the training camp, his apology might have been confounding and confusing. 
Why would anyone apologize for kicking a football 80 yards? The Inquirer provided a glimpse into the past heroics of Gall as a reason for his disappointment by stating, Once, playing with Burlington High School's state champions in New Jersey, he punted the ball from behind his own goal line all the way down behind the other goal, a total distance of 105 yards. Later in semi-pro action, Gall blasted an 87-yarder all in the air. So a mere 70-yard punt for the Cardinals might have delighted the coaching staff, but it was disappointing for the punter himself. He simply expected his kicks to rocket big time into the stratosphere. The athletic career of Gall initially earned some notice beginning in 1939 at Burlington High School in New Jersey, and he quickly earned varsity letters in football, basketball, and baseball as a sophomore. He grabbed his first headline when he scored the only touchdown in Burlington's 6-0 win over Morrisville High School. His team finished 7-1-1, its best season in nearly a decade, and Gall was recognized by the Morning Post newspaper as one of the best kickers in South Jersey. More success followed in 1940 as Gall moved into the quarterback position as a junior to lead Burlington to an undefeated 10-0 record and the New Jersey state title. In a 25-7 win over Gloucester, Gall was the whole story for Burlington, according to the Morning Post, which reported, Gall proved himself a real triple threat ace in scoring the first six-pointer on a spectacular 33-yard dash off tackle, flipping two touchdown passes, and setting up the way for a four-score with a good run back of a punt. And to top it all off, this one-man show, he also got off a couple of long-distance punts, for which he is noted. Of course, with the brilliant two-year mark of 17-1-1, much was expected of Burlington in 1941 until the morning news sadly confirmed an unexpected rumor on September 5th, saying, Harry Gall quit school. No explanation was given for this difficult decision, but apparently the punter was ready to move on. Gall found work at a local factory in Burlington and in late September of 1941, joined the nearby Zuni Athletic Association football team of the Eastern Football Conference. This league routinely offered playing opportunities and a few extra dollars to former collegians wishing to continue their playing careers. Although not a starter for the Zuni club during what would have been a senior year of high school, Gall still experienced a great deal of action as a backup halfback and as the team's punter. Once again, his kicking exploits were marvelous as tracked after one game by the Morning Post, which said, Harry Gall gave the crowd a big thrill when he booted from his own end zone in the fourth period to the opponent's 25-yard line, a distance of more than 75 yards, considering the fact that Harry bunted from behind his own goal line. Zuni enjoyed its finest finish in history with an 11-0 record and the championship of the Eastern Football Conference. Was it a coincidence that the two teams that Gall played on finished with a perfect 21-0 mark over the past two campaigns? By this time, the now 20-year-old Gall had captured the attention of NFL teams, specifically the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Brooklyn Dodgers. On May 17, 1942, the Pittsburgh Press announced that the Steelers were successful in signing Gall to an NFL contract. Although he never played college football, and apparently never graduated from high school, 
Gall impressed the Steelers with his size, speed, and kicking ability. Now checking in at 6 feet tall and weighing 224 pounds, Gall was a perfect size for an NFL fullback. However, his quest for a spot on the Steelers was derailed, at least temporarily, when Gall was inducted into the military during the early days of World War II. He spent a year in the service before he received a medical discharge in September of 1943 due to high blood pressure that could not be controlled. Returning to Burlington, Gall latched on with the newly organized Camden Pros for the tail end of the 1943 football season, managing to participate in four games. Now playing fullback, Gall continued to shine while also unleashing his usual barrage of booming punts. And that's when the pros began calling again. Prior to the 1944 season, the Steelers and the Cardinals, as we said, merged forces. And the unified team hoped to find someone who could punt more successfully than the 34.4 yards per punt that the Steelers experienced in 1943. Recalling the brief time that Gall spent with the Steelers back in the summer of 1942 before his induction to the service, the Pittsburgh side of the coaching staff highly recommended a contract for Gall. And as mentioned, his boots were quite impressive. The Moline, Illinois dispatch noted, The kicking problem of the card pits appeared solved, thanks to the golden toe of one David Harry Gall, the 223-pound punting sensation whose previous football experience had been confined to high school and the Camden, New Jersey pros, is credited with consistently booting the ball between 60 and 80 yards. Burt Bell, co-owner of the Pittsburgh side of the club, simply stated, Gall is probably the best kicker either Pittsburgh or Chicago had in at least five years. Even the Chicago Tribune agreed, Stain, Gall, a plump New Jerseyite, appears to be the best punter in camp. During the team's first public inter-squad scrimmage game on August 26, Gall started at fullback for the black team and scored his side's first telly with a one-yard plunge. While the card pits only scheduled a pair of exhibition games in the preseason of 1944, Gall started a quarterback in the first contest, a 22-0 loss to the Eagles, on September 12th. Although the offense was missing in action, the Courier-Post newspaper in New Jersey reported, one of the features of the game was the splendid kicking of Harry Gall. The final preseason exhibition on September 18th was a 3-0 setback to the Washington Redskins. But two years later, Gall was released as the card pits made the final cuts to move the roster down to a mere 28 players. Was his football career over? Far from it as Gall joined the semi-pro Camden Blue Devils on September 28, 1944. It was then that the football journey of Harry Gall became even more intriguing. After spending two training camps with NFL teams and stints with at least three semi-pro outfits and a year of military service, Gall suddenly showed up as a freshman candidate for the University of Miami football team in Florida. On June 29, 1945, the Miami Herald previewed the 1945 Miami squad and noted, Harry Gall, a fullback from Burlington, New Jersey, was rated as one of the finest prep school punters last fall. He averaged 53 yards and is a consistent 75-yard booter. Whoa, (laughs) did Miami not question the background of their newest player? Now 24, 
all certainly must have looked a bit more mature than your average 17 or 18 year old freshman. And he certainly was at least six years away from his prep school stardom, not just a year as mentioned by the Miami Herald. By August 23, 1945, Miami coach Eddie Dunn had seen enough and told the Miami News, The other day out there, Gall smacked into one that went 70 yards on the fly. A quick kick at that. I can't help but feel confident that Gall is about the best punter we ever had at Miami. Gall's impact was immediate. He led the club to an Orange Bowl championship with a 9-1-1 mark, and Gall, a multi-threat on offense, finished fourth in the nation, scoring an even 100 points. In comparison, the rest of his teammates scored 98 points. In a 33-7 win over Auburn, Gall scored on a touchdown runs of 82 and 28 yards to secure the Orange Bowl invitation. He was superb through all four years of Miami, leading to his induction into the Miami Hall of Fame in 1972. Miami Herald carefully documented Gall's achievements at the time of his induction in 1972, stating, Gall's name is splattered all over the UM record book. He got off the longest punt in hurricane history, a 77-yard bomb in 1947. He also had the best punting average, 55.3 yards for a single game, and holds the record for most points scored in the season, 100, and a second in touchdown scored in the season with 13 in 1945. Gall is also the leading scorer for a career with 180 points. As a senior, Gall finally received his college diploma on February 7, 1949. But it wasn't until 1972 when Miami Herald columnist Luther Evans finally leaked the news regarding the unusual career that Gall followed on his way to the University of Miami Hall of Fame. Or as Evans described it, Gall was the only Miami football player recruited out of a pro football training camp. Apparently, former Miami player and later assistant coach Walt Koszewski was an end for the Steelers when Gall was in training camp. As Gall himself explained it, I'd gone into the service and when I was discharged, I decided I'd try to make it in pro football without going to college. Koszewski was an end with the Steelers and when he found out I hadn't been to college, he started working on me. I'd run the ball in practice and he'd flatten me and say, Son, I think you'd better go get a college education. Koszewski added, When I found out Gall hadn't been to college, I told him, I'll get you a scholarship to the University of Miami. And I finally talked him into it. So at the ripe old age of 24, Gall entered college and began his amateur football career. And his previous exploits with the pros were apparently never mentioned. What if Gall had instead made the Cardinals roster in 1944 and spent a few years with the team? The all-time punting leader for the Arizona Cardinals is Andy Lee with a 47.5 average, or just a bit less than Gall averaged in high school. Sadly, just a few months after being inducted into the Miami Hall of Fame in January of 1972, Gall passed away in his sleep at the too young age of 49 on April 15, 1972. At the time of his passing, Gall was the fire chief of Burlington, New Jersey. Walt Koszewski recalled the sheer joy at being inducted into the Hall of Fame brought to Gall. He said, After the Hall of Fame dinner, Harry came over to my house along with some of his old teammates. I'll never forget Harry saying then, with tears in his eyes, After this night, my life is complete. Thanks again for joining us for When Football Was Football, here on the Sports History Network.
This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. We at the Sports History Network are so glad to introduce to you a new addition to our lineup, the Gridiron Greats Magazine Podcast. It's a weekly podcast that focuses on the history and memorabilia of North American football since its inception in 1869. It's hosted by Bob Swick, the publisher and editor of Gridiron Greats Magazine, and Joe Squires, a longtime contributor to that magazine. The podcast was launched in 2017 and has over 150 episodes that you can listen to now on a Sports History Network, as well as your favorite podcast provider. So join Bob and Joe as they go through football history, talking about the memorabilia and the great legendary players and games of the American Gridiron on the Gridiron Greats Magazine Podcast.